extra, but I figure maybe racist just because I'm human, they don't want my help. It seems it doesn't really matter if your superpowers fire and shoot a melt. I tried to join the Justice League, but Batman was a douche to me, and Black Canary wouldn't tell me hi. And plastic measures to a middle finger that was 30 stories high. I got a message from the Great Lakes Avengers. They offered me a membership, but I did not accept because they're a walking disaster. Like an all with the fireball, they just don't make sense Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Long Box Cast. That's right, we're actually having like a new quote-unquote issue every month it seems like now. So that's good news for us. Um, of course, joining me is none other than Eric from uh, 4i Radio Network. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Stephen. How about yourself? I am doing just fine, just fine. Um, yeah, so Eric and I, we finally finished Iron Fist Season 2. We actually finished it a while ago. Um, we're going to talk about that, and we finally, or uh, Eric finally saw Deadpool yes, 2. I finally. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about that as well. And also, we'll talk about the my visit out to uh, uh, Ohio, and we went to the Moreau uh, Comic Con. But before we get to all that... Uh, like you, you guys can find us on 4iradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Zoom Marketplace, Blackberry Podcast, Blueberry Podcast, Mirror Guide, Double Twist, YouTube, Swell Radio, Player FM, Google Play Music, Google Podcast App, Spotify, and Podchaser. And if you want to give some support to the show, uh, you also hit up a Revenge Lover standout from the crowd. For samples and inquiries, please visit revengelover.com. Mention you heard it on the 4i Radio Network. And network, and uh, you will receive ten percent off your first order. Uh, so yeah, now that we got Stand all that, way. If, if you if you call up Raven and be like, "Yeah, I heard it on the Forehead Radio," she'd be like, I, "I got you, fam. It's good." <laughs> I was like, "Network, <laughs> network." I had to change the oh man. I'm dropped I, into accent. Is that what happens when you spend a weekend in the Midwest? You you go home with an accent of some I, sort. I guess I was having, which is weird. Or a, a pop. I had a I had a I had a what's it called? Uh, I was having like a Boston accent this afternoon <laughs> when I was driving home for no reason, just because I saw a, a person with the sticker on their car that says um, "I love my poodle." And then I got to thinking, like, who would buy a dog if you didn't even love it? You know, like, why would you? It's like, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I guess I get a poodle or something, a poodle. I, I, I guess, you know, I don't like it, but, you know, it is what it is. It's my poodle. Word. I like the sound of the wood. I like, the, yeah, the wood is fine. The dog, it's kind of, it's kind of queer. I'm just gonna say, like, you like, you like dogs? I'm like, yeah, I got a poodle. Yeah, I got a, I got me this, got me this poodle. I, I hate. I hate the fucking dog, but I love it because it's a poodle. It's it's a it's a weird humdinger, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so um but of course if you also want to support the show, you go to Amazon.com, but you don't go to Amazon.com, you go to the four I radio network.com click on that amazon banner and shop like you normally do we'll get a little taste of you do because i totally forgot that you changed we no longer go to that other website <laughs> yeah just foreheadradio.com um or any of the uh the network sites should have that link on there if they don't i need to have a little talk with their webmasters but uh also if you don't want to buy anything outright and just want to say hey i like your shows and i want to throw you a couple of bucks we do have a coffee link as well if you go to coffee which is k-o-f-i 
slash four eyed radio. You can throw us a few bucks. It's uh, it, it goes straight to us, not you know a little portion to us, not a little you know taste of the back end of whatever. It's just a just a straight donation straight to the network to help us uh, pay the bills, to pay the, uh, the hosting fees and all the little things that add up over time. You know, if you like our shows, definitely uh, check that link. That link will be in the show notes on the page if4adradio.com for every one of our episodes. It just has a little button that says support the firm. You click on that, throw us throw us three bucks, throw us three hundred bucks. I don't care. I'm not going to judge. Um, what you spend your expendable income on, especially if it's us. But that's another way to support us without uh, actually having to go out of your way and buy something that maybe you didn't want. I don't know. Eric, what are you talking about? We're America. We want everything. We're like, hey, I don't know what that is, but I want it. I saw a commercial about it. It looks fun. <laughs> but people are having a good time on it. I oh, s- man. You, you're, you're telling me we've I've, I finally watched live TV for the first time in like ages. Oh, wow. Because um, so my wife is a I, I'm a baseball fan. I like my Diamondbacks, and unfortunately, they were just eliminated from the playoffs. Yes, like literally yesterday, um, they were eliminated from any playoff contention for this year. So their season is essentially over, but they still have six games to play. Mm. So really, the only like the next three games are the only ones that matter at all, and that's only because we're playing against the Dodgers at home, and they're our major rival, and they have the opportunity if they beat us in these games to clinch the division in our stadium. They did that last year. We did not like that. Mm. We don't want them to do it this year. I don't care if they end up clinching the division because you know what? I don't know if any of you out there follow baseball. I know the, the, the stereotype is that comic book nerds don't also like sports. I find that to not really be true across the board. There are some that don't like sports. I find others who are into comics and also into a whole ton of sports. And then there's people like me who love comics and one particular sport. So uh, this will come as no shock to those who are familiar with the process that we do not want our rival to clinch the division on our turf. But if you've been following baseball this year, you will know that uh, whoever wins anything in the National League, pretty much all of the National League battles are just deciding who's going to lose to Boston in the World Series because, holy crap, the Red Sox are just murdering everybody this year they have 105 wins already they're just it's insane how good they're playing this year i don't like them i'm not a fan of the red sox but i if they don't win the world series this year something is terribly terribly wrong with the sport because they're just too damn good not to win this year and that has been sports talk on the long box cast Uh, yeah, so um, any hoozle. Um, Eric, before we dive into uh, the show and everything to talk about, um, how was your week so far? Uh, my week was, uh, eh, you know, I don't like to say negative things, um, but it was pretty much a shit fest. Um, went into work, you know, after you, you, you were out here last weekend. Yes. And uh, so this weekend I worked. But between then, so I, I go into work the day after you had left. You had left on Sunday. It was actually, it was the day after the day after you left because I was off that Monday. Okay. So I go into work on Tuesday. And I'm at work for, you know, I can already feel, you know how when you walk into work sometimes and you get this like vibe 
Yeah. That something's going on and like, cause everybody's just kind of down. Everybody's kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just the energy is very low yeah. and you're like, what, what happened? Yeah, it's, you know, this weird negative energy in the room. And it's, it's just like, mm, well, that's odd. Normally I don't pay much attention to the energy in the room because my job does not involve any customer contact. I'm not on phones. I'm not talking to people through email. I'm just data entry orders come in. I, translate them essentially because they come in in almost in code you know doctors write i I type prescriptions that doctors write and i put them into a system where the labels are actually generated for the uh, prescription bottles so like a doctor will send over something that says one pobid and i have to type in oh that's one tablet by mouth twice daily Mm. and put that on the label because i have to translate their little latin uh shortcut codes essentially their their abbreviations into real words that people are going to understand when they look at their pill bottle and say okay how am i supposed to take this that's essentially my job did you ever type in <laughs> did you ever type in on the label be like good news it's a suppository <laughs> oh oh here's why your headaches keep coming back that's pronounced analgesic yeah <laughs> So anyway, so you walk into work and you you can kind of be like, whoa, something's, yeah, it's something's kind of up. Yeah, this weird vibe and I kind of recognized it because it was the same kind of weird vibe. I came into the first time I ever walked into an office that was doing layoffs and I was like, hmm, this is odd. And, you know, I sit down, nothing's different. I sit down, I start doing my work. I've got my headphones in because that's, you know, that's what I do since I'm just doing data entry. I've got my headphones in. I'm either, you know, I've got like something playing on Netflix in the background or I'm listening to music, whatever. Yeah. And at one point my uh, supervisor comes over and like taps me on the shoulder and I'm like, oh, take my headphone out. What's up? And she's like, a meeting in the boss's office right in two minutes. I'm like, what? And at first I thought she was talking just to me, but then she moved on to the next person. She was like, meeting in the boss's office in two minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's me for everybody. Yeah. Off shift. There's like uh, 12 of us, 12, 13 of us, and she crams us all into her tiny little office. Okay. And first of all, like four of the people were sick. They're coughing their lungs out in this tiny little enclosed space with all of us standing there. And I'm just like, people, this is what sick days are for so that you don't contaminate the rest of us. Like, it wouldn't be so bad, I suppose, if you were staying in your cubicle and I never had to have any contact with you. Yeah. But now you're standing in an enclosed space with me, coughing your nastiness into the air, and I'm going to get sick, and this stinks. Mm. But she called us into the office to give us a little pep talk, because she goes, some of you may have heard that there have been some cutbacks made in the company. A couple of the pharmacists were laid off earlier today. I'm like, okay, well, now I understand the vibe, you know. It's like, but I want to let you guys know that we're probably, probably not going to uh, have to let anybody go in this department. And I'm like, oh, crap. I've heard this story before. Yeah. I've heard this story several times before. I've heard it three times before specifically. I've heard it. Just before I was laid off at uh, DHL, I heard it just before I was laid off at Bank of America, and I heard it just before I was laid off at another company as well. I'm, so it's like, oh, goodness. And especially when she follows it up with, but if we do have to make cuts, here are the criteria that we're going to be looking at. So it's uh, like, okay, so you're already pre-planning this. Like this is already in the works and you're just kind of giving people the heads up of what to, you know. So 
you know, based on the criteria they gave us, I should be okay at least for the first couple of rounds if they if they do start laying people off. My numbers are good. I do my job. I show up on time. I don't call out. You know, I'm I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing when I'm there, and I'm doing it to a to a good level. Um, I usually have one of the lowest error percentages in the team, and I type fast enough to to make it worthwhile for to have me there. So. I'll probably be okay, but it's still a crappy situation, especially when people are standing there next to me who know that they're not necessarily in that good of a position. And, you know, they're looking at their stats going, crap, if they make, if they make us today, I wouldn't make it. Yeah. Like I, my stats aren't up to par. And if they do end up making cuts, how soon is it going to be? Do I even have time to try to improve my stats to try to get to a level and the thing of it is, there's only so much work available to be done. Yeah. So if one person increases their stats drastically, like everybody can increase, can, can lower their error percentage just by being more careful and not making errors. Yeah. That's something that everybody can do without affecting the amount of work that everybody else has. But the other stat they look at is our orders entered per hour. Well, there's only so many orders coming in. Once they're all in, they're in. You can't just make up orders to do so. Yeah, yeah. If everybody ups their speed, then somebody's going to lose out because eventually you're going to get to the point where like, oh, well, there's there's literally no work left. So it's kind of like, well, so now we're now it's like Thunderdome in here. We have to compete to try to to keep our jobs. And I was just like, I really want to. I'm very tempted to go to my boss. I had a little talk with my supervisor about it and she didn't really, she's never been through anything like this. So she really didn't understand what I was saying, but I was, I was like, I'm really tempted to go directly to the boss and just sit down. Like, Hey, listen, I'm not coming to you as your employee right now. I'm coming to you as somebody who has been through this situation in multiple companies. And I want to give you the heads up of a couple of things that maybe you want to avoid as far as, uh, things you might say, things you might try to do to supposedly increase morale. Because you know what happens? They, they, they lay people off. And then, you know, a week later, they uh, they bring in pizza for everybody. Hey, everybody, look, pizza, we brought lunch. Everybody's happy now. Morale's better, right? And, yeah, everybody's like, oh, hey, free lunch. Okay, cool. And they're happy for five minutes. And then they start thinking, well, if they got all this money for pizza, why'd they have to fire Joe? Yeah. You know, and that's the thought process that starts happening. And they're like, oh, are they going to use, are they going to use my salary for the next pizza party? You know, what, what's going on? Yeah. So I try to tell my supervisor, I'm like, listen, if you guys are planning on any of these little things that you think are going to increase morale in the long run, maybe don't. <laughs> because what you're going to do is you're going to create goodwill for about five minutes and then you're going to piss everybody off. And it, it's it's going to be it's going to get worse, and the worse the morale gets, the worse the quality of work is going to be, the worse the productivity is going to be. People are going to start calling out because they're going to be like, "Hey, you know what? I've got ten sick days built up, but I lose those if I get fired, so might as well call out and get my sick days." Um, you know, this is the type of thing that starts happening when companies do this. So I'm like, what you guys need to do is find a way to talk to people on an individual level and make them feel valued right now. And, you know, a slice of pizza or a scoop of ice cream or a donut isn't going to do the trick if that's what you guys are thinking. And she, the, the way she responded made me think that 
at some point next week we're probably getting pizza <laughs> because she like immediately like her eyes got wide when I mentioned that and I'm like oh you or you you're already planning this aren't you yeah. I'm like oh. uh I'm like I want to offer my advice as somebody who's been through this yeah it's not the way to go you cannot buy our morale during situations like this morale is going to be down when people are getting let go that's you can't change that you can't magically make it better what you can do is try to make each individual employee feel valued. What I would do if I were the supervisor, which I very came very close to becoming because I did interview for that position, and even though it had been kind of pre-decided who was going to be the supervisor, uh, from what I heard from multiple sources was that I did give our manager some pause to possibly think about changing her decision. Um, so my, my interview that was basically done for, you know, the sake of, oh, we, we have to technically do these interviews almost actually made a difference. But if I were the supervisor, I would go through everybody's stats. I would go through everybody's information and I would find something positive for even the worst employee we have. Like, I don't care if you, you, I could be looking at somebody and be like, okay, your error rate has gone up every single month for the past six months, but if I look at just this number, if I'm going to look at, okay, well, this particular type of error um, has gone down between this month and this month, I would take a moment to go up to that person and be like, hey, you know what? I noticed that between uh, April and May, your error rate on direction errors uh, went down uh, quite significantly. You know, good job on that. Thanks for thanks for paying attention and uh, taking, you know, being careful and, and getting those directions entered right. Thank you. And just leave it at that. Like, not mention anything else, Not no negative comments whatsoever, not sandwiching it in between, hey, your error rate's really bad, but no, just go up and give them a compliment about their work, just something. You can find something positive to say about any employee. If you can't, if you literally can't, then that's somebody who shouldn't be working for you, whether there's layoffs or not. That's that's literally somebody who should have been fired long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can't find a single positive thing to say about somebody as a supervisor, then that's somebody you shouldn't have on your team to begin with. So that would be my tactic. If I were the supervisor, I would be digging through stats, looking for anything, anything that I could go up to each individual person on an individual basis, you know, in somewhat public. Like I would go up to them at their desk where other people could hear and and just give them that compliment just give them that like hey you know what i noticed this about what you're doing and i like it thank you and just leave it at that just you know done just that little bit of confirmation that something they're doing is right because you know all they're focusing on right now everybody who is in that meeting right now is only focused on oh crap what am i doing wrong what am I doing wrong? What yeah. have I done wrong? What have I, what have I, did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? And just a little bit, even if they are, you know, in danger, at least having just that little bit of that confidence boost of somebody saying, you've done something right. Even if they end up getting laid off, you know, they at least know, you know what? I didn't do everything wrong. I wasn't bad at everything. I did, I did some things, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm ranting and, and raving. It's, it's a frustrating situation to be in when you're not in a management position and you see the management making mistakes that could be avoided and you wonder, like, how, how, are they going, how receptive are they going to be if I went to the manager and told her this? 
if I said, listen, I've been through this and I know how people are feeling right now, whether they're willing to tell you or not, I'm going to tell you. And this is how people are feeling. And this is what they're going to feel if you do this, this, or this, which you're probably planning because that's the normal company's go-tos. Here's what I think you should do instead. Take it or leave it as far as advice goes. I'm not going to, you know, press the issue, but I, I think what I'll do is I'll send her an email. You know, that way it's kind of like one of those things where, hey, if she reads it and takes it to heart, great. If not, I know that I put it out there. And that's that's all I can really do from my position. Yeah. But, um, you know, I know a lot of you out there listening. I know, Steve, you've, you've been through stuff like this before, too. Yeah, yeah. Layoffs, layoffs are terrible. Not just for the people being laid off, but even for the people who get get to stay on who remain uh when i worked for dhl i survived three or no i'm sorry four rounds of layoffs before they got to me before they actually laid me off in that time i had to sit through three demotions because as they were laying people off they were eliminating the departments that i was in and so they were like okay well we're not laying you off but you are dropping back down to this level and then you know, a month later, uh, we're eliminating this department as well. So now you're dropping back down to this level. So I went from, you know, I started working there as general customer service. I got promoted to the key accounts department. Then I got promoted to the key accounts plus email department, which was just, it was the key accounts, but we also received emails from the really big companies. And then I was promoted to the uh, single point of contact. They called it the Spock department. I liked that because it was Spock, <laughs> but single point of contact that basically meant there were like the big shipping managers from some of these big companies instead of calling into a main line and getting whoever they got you know certain companies i had like six companies where those people just called me and if i was off then they they got my backup and i was back up for somebody else for when they were off you know but essentially when these big companies called in it was a supervisor it was like a managing supervisor or a um you know, like a shipping manager or something like that who was calling in. So it was always the same person calling in. So they would talk to the same person on our side and we'd get this kind of repertoire going where, you know, they'd call in, they'd be like, hey, I have, here's the, here's the tracking numbers I need you to look at. And we had this whole thing going. There was a guy who ran a uh, bakery in New York who every now and then would just randomly just overnight us bagels. We'd get these like fresh New York bagels overnighted to us uh, just out of nowhere for some time, you know, sometimes it was, it was fantastic. You know, we'd get them in, we'd be like, oh, sweet bagels are here. Somebody go get some cream cheese. And we, somebody would run to the store, buy some cream cheese and everybody had bagels. It was fantastic because I, the customer sent them. <laughs> that was the first department that went away. We were like, yeah, we don't need single points of contact. We'll just, just do regular key accounts and emails. Mm. And then I got to train my replacement in India on the email system. Oh. That was that was, oh my gosh, terrible. Just the fact that they're like, okay, so we're, we're not going to be doing the emails anymore. We've got another center that's going to be handling those. And um, so to get them started, what we're going to have them do is the, the emails are going to come into them. They're going to do the work on them and figure out what the problem is, do the research, you know, figure out the, the tracking, whatever, whatever. And then they're going to draft their email back to the customer then they're going to send that email to you to proofread it, make sure it sounds like intelligible English, and then send it back to them with the notes of what they need to change before they can send it to the customer. Oh, 
Jeez. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is horrible. I'm literally training my own replacement right now. And yeah, as soon as they're, as soon as they were up and running and able to, uh, you know, sort of convince the people on the other end of the email that they were speaking to somebody in America, they eliminated that department. So I was back down to regular key accounts. And then we had so few key accounts because we were dropping the domestic business that they're like, you know what? We don't have a key accounts department anymore. You're regular customer service again. I'm like, well, this is where I started three years ago. Yay. Yeah. Um, And then, so when I did finally get my, you know, when they called me in and said, okay, yeah, we are doing another round of layoffs. You're in this batch. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because at this point, I had been going through literally months of every day going into work wondering, is my crap going to be packed up on my desk in a box when I walk in? Yeah. Am I going to walk in and find like my entire department is like not there? You know, because that's some people that's in the first couple of rounds of layoffs. That's what happened. You know, people came in and then, you know, there, there was one, the, the one that I noticed right away, the very first round of layoffs, I literally went to lunch and I came back and half of my department was gone. Oh, jeez. I was like, what happened? Because I'm looking around and I'm like, it's not just that the people weren't there. Their desks were empty, cleared out. I was like, holy crap. Like, how long was I gone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I walked across the street to McDonald's. What the hell? <laughs> and so they, they got better after that. And so when I got pulled in, they're like, okay, here's the deal. Here's your, here's your layoff date. And it was six weeks out from the date they gave it to me. Okay. They said... So you've got six weeks notice, six weeks of work still. Here's the amount of severance that you've earned for your tenure here. I had earned nine weeks of severance for the time that I had worked there. Mm. Then they said, for every two weeks of your notice that you work, we'll give you another week of severance. So if you work all six weeks, you get an additional three weeks of severance. So I'm like, okay. You know, that way, you know, because they're scheduling for these people that they're laying off to still be there. But if you leave early it's not like they can really penalize you in any way so they gave you an incentive to actually work through what they scheduled you yeah yeah so when i did leave i ended up with 12 weeks of severance and it was uh, kind of funny because after the second round of layoffs my original supervisor the one that that i had had when i first got promoted to key accounts there she had been laid off in like the second round of layoffs oh wow and like two weeks after that she had emailed a few of us in the department saying, hey, guys, um, you know, just just a few of us, just a, just a, like me and like two other people, and had said, listen, guys, um, if they get you, if they lay you off, I'm now managing a team over here at this company. I've got spots. I will make spots. If you get your letters, you call me up. I'll get you hooked up. So as soon as I got my letter, that was my first call. I was like, hey, um, yeah, so I got my letter. I got my six weeks notice. You got something for me? And she said, yeah, what's your date? I told her my date. It was a Friday. You know, I worked Monday through Friday at the time. So I'm like, here's my last day. And she's like, okay, well, we can get you in and start that Monday. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I had a job lined up already. I had my six weeks of notice. I had a job lined up to start right after that. I was unemployed for technically unemployed for two days wow. because that weekend, technically, I didn't actually work anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it was great. And it was kind of, it was really great, especially because like one week before my date, they pulled me in and they're like, 
Um, well, we've realized that we may have let a few too many people go. We've got a little more work still that we that we might need to keep keep on. So we're wondering if and, you know we're we're going to try to keep a few people on uh, past you know for for longer. But what you would be is a red letter employee. That's what they called us. I'm like, are you serious? That's the name you went with? Oh wow. Like, you realize the connotation that that holds, right? I mean, I mean, you get where you're what you're saying. But they're like, yeah, you'd be a red letter employee, which means if any more layoffs started, you would be one of the first to go. You know, even if there were new people hired after you because you had already been technically laid off, and then you're like saved or whatever. And I was just like, um, no, thank you. <laughs> I already have a job starting. You know, the week after I leave here, I've got my 12 week severance, which means. For three months, I was getting double paychecks. I was getting paychecks for my old job and paychecks for my new job. And it was great because they were opposite pay weeks. Oh, no. So I, I was getting a full two-week check every week for two, for three months. It was amazing. Um, but, yeah, just the, the freedom of when I actually got that letter, when they finally gave me my date, and I'm like, okay, no, well, now at least I know. You know, I no longer have that fear. That was the best six weeks of my time working there from the beginning of the layoffs to the end was after I got my notice because I knew, you know, I didn't have to worry. Am I going to walk into a box on my desk? No, I already know when I'm fired. <laughs> so I don't need to worry about it anymore. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, as somebody who's been through that kind of stuff before, I, I feel like I should offer some insight because I don't know. I know that my supervisor's never been through anything like this before. You know, she's been with this company pretty much forever. But my manager, I have no idea what her background is. I don't know if she's been through layoffs or anything like this before. And I don't know if she's been in management during this type of thing or if she's been an employee during this type of thing. It doesn't seem like it based on, like I said, the, the quote-unquote pep talk that we received because that was just terrible. Um, you know, it's like, if you don't have any solid information, do not call us in to the office to tell us maybes and probabilities. That is terrible. If all you have is maybes and probabilities, you put that in an email and you make sure it's very, very clear that, hey, there's rumors floating around, but they're just rumors. We don't know anything yet. You know, whatever, whatever. You, you clear the air that way. You don't pull everybody into the office to give them maybes and probabilities. You just don't. That's yeah. just That's just messed up. That is pretty messed up, but yeah. So well, that's uh, that's um, well. Anyways, so comic books and <laughs> movies and comic cons and everything. That's anyways. We'll the mistake of asking how my week was. You shouldn't have did that. I usually do that, and no one. It, it, this isn't the you know the sass. So, um, <laughs> but most of them it's like yeah, it's fine. Okay, let's talk about Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyways. Uh, while we're talking about um, being in Ohio and everything like that, we did go to the Monroe uh, Comic Con. Uh, what was it, two weekends ago? Yeah, it was. Uh, so that was uh, Saturday the fifteenth. Uh, this is a. It's a much much smaller convention than we're used to, you know. Because I know I don't know about you, but um, Phoenix Comic Con is the only actual comic convention that I'd been to previously. Uh, yes, same I with me. Got to. Uh, I wanted to go out a couple of years ago to Denver Comic-Con and couldn't make the travel arrangements happen. And a, a year before that, I wanted to go to Tucson Comic-Con, but again, couldn't make the travel arrangements and the time off and everything work. So Phoenix Comic-Con is pretty much all we've known. And we've seen it grow. Like the first year that we went, it was already pretty big. 
and it's grown um, well every year up until the last two years it's been growing it's started to come back down a little bit they kind of outgrew themselves a little bit i think and uh, are kind of evening out to what they're going to be on a regular basis i think but yeah this is a much much smaller convention however it was not nearly as small as i thought it was going to be you know going into it i'm looking at it and i'm like it's a one-day convention it's only eight hours it's from 10 a.m to 6 p.m that's it so it's an eight hour it's not even like a 12 hour day or a 24 hour convention it's eight hours of convention time yeah but they packed a lot in they had some really good comic book guests you know not a whole lot on the you know tv movie star side they had a couple of people who were they had a couple of power rangers actors they had a couple of people who've been in a few things here and there they had one guy who's been in a ton of movies uh, but nobody's ever seen his face. Uh, and Jerome Blake was there, who I guess if you're a fan of looking at the credits to see who was behind all of the makeup and prosthetics, you might know his name. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't because he was like, uh, he was a, he was a Mondachiwan in The Fifth Element, for example. You know? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that. Like he is always behind uh, a ton of makeup and stuff. It's kind of like Doug Jones in that way, except with Doug Jones, you always know it's him because it's a super tall, lanky dude. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, it's probably Tom Jones. Or <laughs> Doug Jones, sorry. Tom Jones is the singer. <laughs> but as far as uh, like comic book guests when they actually had some pretty good yeah. people. They had, uh, Glenn Fabry was there and did Preacher and uh, Vamps. And they had, uh, relevant to our conversation uh, today, they had Arvel Jones there, who has written for both Iron Man and Iron Fist yes. and was actually the creator of the character Misty Knight. So that was pretty cool uh, to see him at his table. He was doing signings. He was doing uh, photo ops and stuff like that. We didn't... We didn't do any of the signings of the photo ops or anything like that, but it was cool to, to see the, that they actually had. That was one of the, the things I noticed. Like we were, we were waiting in line to get in the door, and that was the first thing I noticed. I looked, I was looking in the doors going, hey, look, you know what? I'm seeing a lot of actual comic books yeah. at this on the convention. <laughs> yeah, there was actual comic books. There was also like old school like action figures, like a lot of those like I guess they were the like early nineties, maybe the nineteen maybe like eighties, like late eighties, but like those original X Men toys. Yeah, um, they had a lot of there were a lot of people selling like uh the, the old school toys and stuff. Now some of them I was cool with. Like some of them had, were like still in the packaging. Um, the one guy was selling like he had like the '90s Star Trek Next Generation figures, and I came this close to picking up that uh, either the Union Soon or the uh, Troy. Had the Troy been the Troy in the blue dress instead of the Troy in her Starfleet uniform, I would I would be having it would be sitting on my desk right now in front of me while I record, <laughs> but. It wasn't. It was Troy in her uniform, which is not nearly as enticing to me. So I, I did chose not to purchase it because I was on a budget. But there were a couple of vendors there that pretty much looked like they brought their yard sale to the convention. Yes, like it just bins of loose toys that didn't look like they had been kept up. They looked they they looked used. They looked dirty. Um, you know, there may have been some cool toys in there. And so a, a true collector may have found a gem or two somewhere in there that they could restore. But just looking at that stuff, I was like, okay, you've got a whole booth and all you've got are these bins of like old toys just kind of 
dumped in here. Eric, you know for a fact we're going to do that with our old podcast equipment. We'll be like, hey, we used to do stuff. <laughs> Come back. Let me tell you about the Sasquatch. Why do they run? I'll be like, we don't do podcasts anymore. Now it's all about virtual reality porn that's real. And you're like, wait, then why is it virtual reality? It's like, shut up, old man. Oh, no shit. And you're just like, damn. <laughs> it's virtually virtual reality. Yeah. You're like, uh, this is too rich for my blood, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a really kind of cool uh, con. Um, got a lot of good prints. Um, yeah, that was the, the thing that they did have in plentiful amounts was a lot of great local artists, local to the to the area, the Midwest out here. Uh, Monroe is actually in Michigan. It is just over the border of Ohio. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm in uh, adjective Toledo, Ohio, which is literally right across the Michigan border. I'm just, you know, a, a stone's throw away from Michigan. That's actually scary. He's not joking about that. Like, it was pretty nuts. I'm like, oh, we're already in Michigan? That, we we just got off the freeway what like <laughs> yeah like i get on the freeway i'm like okay here we go and we're in michigan it's faster um, to get to like this is crazy now that i think about it so arizona if you think about it you got tucson but that's not even like another freaking state but tucson's at least two fucking hours to get there uh, michigan was definitely less than that and then even if you want to go to flagstaff you're looking at what like four to five hours at that point uh, Flagstaff is usually about an hour and a half, two-hour drive. Depends on how fast you're willing to go. If you go the speed limit, it's a two-hour drive. Um, I usually make it in about an hour and a half. But yeah, it, it's Monroe is closer uh, to us than Flagstaff is to Phoenix. Yes, um, even Detroit is closer to yeah. us by about half than than Phoenix is to Flagstaff, and it's about a third of what Phoenix is to Tucson. So, yeah, you look at the, you know, you think about, oh, you're crossing state lines. It must be a long drive. Well, no, because Monroe is just across the border of Michigan and Detroit is, you know, basically down in the southwestern corner, sorry, southeastern corner of Michigan and uh, Toledo is in the northeastern corner of Ohio. So we're like right there. Um, that's why it's easier to fly into Detroit than any other airport if you're coming out here. Because it's a it's a really short drive to get out to that airport, and it's it's definitely the closest major airport. We have a small airport here in Toledo, but it's kind of like one of those you know little airports that only like Spirit and uh, Allegiant fly out of. Like it, you know the the real airlines don't actually fly out of there. Yeah. Um, so unless you happen to need to go from Toledo to Mesa on a Tuesday at 7 p.m. exactly, and that's that, if that exactly matches your travel plans, then yay, <laughs> guess yeah. what? Allegiance here for you. Um, if you want to go on any other day or any other time, then you want to go ahead and drive on up to, up to Detroit. Or you can go over to Cleveland. That's only about a three-hour drive, actually about two-and-a-half-hour two drive over to Cleveland. Um, I've gotten some really good deals on flights when we've when we've had to go places. Uh, you know, gotten better deals going out of Cleveland than out of Detroit, so we've made a little extra drive to save the money. Um, and then Cincinnati even is that's probably the furthest from us, and that's only about a three and a half hour drive. And that's on the far south side of the state. That's almost you know Cincinnati's just right over the you know right past the Kentucky border. And that was geography with. Uh... <laughs> so now on this comic book show, we've touched on sports, we've touched on uh, jobs and layoffs, and uh, geography. So <laughs> don't worry, there's going to be two releases <laughs> yeah, of this show. There'll be the 
uh, so there's going to be two copies of the show. There's going to be the extended version uh, with the warning, listen at your own risk, and then the normal, here's the comic book one. So, yeah, but yeah, it was a really kind of cool Comic-Con. It was actually interesting being in a completely different, like, state and just area. You know, you're so used to, like, Arizona's heat and everything like that. So, and, and like, this was inside. It was nice, cool. Like, we uh, surprisingly spent, like, what, what, two hours in there? Yeah, I think we were in there for like two or three hours. And I think, you know, we primarily like and I don't think we had we had seen all of the booths as far as like at least walked by them. But we probably could have spent another half hour, 45 minutes really investigating some more of the stuff a little more in depth because there was some stuff that we passed over because they they were pretty busy at the time. But uh, what I really appreciated was that was seeing some of the the local artists out here. I'm so used to you know when you go to Phoenix Comic Con uh, over and over again, there's a ton of great artists. You know, there's people like Val out there. There's people like Sarah, and there's people like Annabelle, and there's people like you know that we've seen over and over again, which is awesome because they're cool, and we like their stuff. But we have seen them before. We went out there and we saw a whole mess of people we've never seen before. And some of them were just absolutely fantastic. Um, you got a couple of prints from one guy who did, does these amazing uh, oil on canvas paintings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he makes prints of them. Um, and they were just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and so that was that was really cool to see. Um, there was a, a decal team out there who does like had like thousands of different decals and i talked to them about getting some four-eyed radio decals made and unlike everybody else i've talked to who's like well i can get them to you for about you know three or four dollars a piece if you buy a hundred or more at a time i'm like well what i I want is like one like for myself maybe two if somebody else wants one and they're like, yeah, one-off's going to cost you like 20 30 bucks. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to be a thing. I don't need to decal that bad. Yeah, yeah. These guys, I showed them that I gave them my business card with a logo on it that, that Raven had designed. And I said, if I wanted that in a decal, what would it cost me? And he's like, well, if you just want one, it'd be about 5 bucks, and then it'd probably it'd be like 2 bucks and something, some change for shipping. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> So I think my car will be sporting a 4-Ed Radio decal in the very near future because I do have their card. I will be checking them out. Give them a quick shout-out. That's Blackheart Decals and more. You can find them at decals at blackheartdecals.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blackheart Decals as well. So check them out. they got a lot of cool stuff, and evidently they do custom stuff at really great prices. So happy to to give them a quick shout-out whether they know about it or not. We'll tell them later. But, um, yeah, actually, I was going to say, uh, if you wanted, uh, we'll pause real quick because it looks like Matthew said he was trying to jump on, but he doesn't see any of us. So I wonder if we have to stop uh, the Skype call to. Uh, I should be able to just add him. Let me, let me If he's on and available, I'm going to try adding him see what happens. Right. Let me see what, I, let's see what happens. I'm going to add him. All right. Add, add to call. Matthew. Hello. It says he's on the call, but I don't hear him. Yeah, let me see. Hey, you don't hear me? There oh, we go. Yeah, I do. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry, I'm on. Uh, just like on my earbuds. Oh, I see. Going low tech. Uh, super low tech. All right. Well, that's all right. You sound all right. You don't sound too bad. I might have okay. to 
turn you guys up a little bit, but no, you sound all right. How you doing, Matt? Good. How are you? Well, you see, this week I went, no, I'm not going to get back into that story. Yeah, I'm doing I'm, okay right now. I'm already doing enough editing, Eric. Give me a break. <laughs> Steve, Steve, Steve how are you? Of asking how my week went, and uh, 30 minutes passed, and we still haven't talked about comic books yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've we we've talked about sports, we've talked about um, geography, and we talked about layoffs. So it's been a very interesting <laughs> issue of Longbox uh, Cast. But I figure since Matthew's here, um, we can talk a little bit about the the Deadpool. But to answer your question, Matthew, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Um, Good. Sorry, I didn't mean to just totally blow off that question. But I figure since we're all here now, we can finally talk about Deadpool two. Yes. Oh, what? <laughs> you no, it was good. Was good. I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm, I'm gonna click hang up right now. <laughs> no, no, I finally saw it, which was funny because you guys watched it like the same day I watched it. Yeah, yeah. that was that was great. Like we had just finished watching it, and uh, you you messaged like, hey, finally saw Deadpool two. We're like, are you serious? Like we literally just turned out turned it off. Yeah, that's funny. There's that's a, super funny. We have actual video stores out here still in Ohio, which uh, Steve found absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it called? Family Video? Yeah, something? Family Video. Yeah. yeah, evidently out here in the Midwest, it's a big thing. We've got, you know, like half a dozen of them around the area. But there's one like right by my house. Oh, there we go. One of the things they do, and I, I, I don't know if this is 100% legal or not, whether they're supposed to do this, but you know how most new movies these days come with a digital download code included in the movie well because they have to buy copies of the movie to rent they sell the digital download codes for a lot cheaper than it costs to buy the movie on digital through amazon or google or voodoo or whatever like uh, deadpool 2 i think if you want to buy it on any of those services i think it's still like 14.99 or 15.99 something like that for it they were selling the digital download code for it for eight bucks Mm. Oh, I and and that's not a rental. That's a you own the digital copy of it now. Like that's permanently in my you know my movies anywhere collection. Right. But, um. So that was pretty fantastic. You know. So I was like, because we were originally going to record this show that night, um, and then we had some we had some technical difficulties. Eric, uh, Eric, the, we can we can say it now. You got pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, a little toasty, yes. You were, t- you were toasty for the sash show, too. <laughs> that's, you just, that's got, to- you just got double toasty that weekend. You got oh, oh, yeah. Toasty. Oh, yeah. Well, But when we were doing the sash show, at one point, um, there was some beer spillage. There was a party foul, mm. and it, it spilled on the recorder that I used down here in the studio. And, and if I understand correctly, that thing is long gone. It is it is toast now, unfortunately. What's what's really weird is like it kept, like I looked at it, like I wiped it off. I had to tell you, I'm like wiped it off, cleaned it off, and it was still going. It was still recording. So I'm like, okay, I think you know, crisis averted. We're fine. And then I came back the next day to try to edit. You know, I wanted to pull the file off and edit it and everything, and it wouldn't turn on. And I'm like, oh crap. And then I'm like checking. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's definitely you know got some spillage. It's a little sticky. So I thought, okay, I'll take the whole thing apart, clean it with some alcohol, put it back together, you know, let it dry out and everything and see. Because I looked and I didn't see any obvious 
points of like scorching or anything like that. There were no obvious indications that it had burnt out, like they fried anything. I cleaned it all up, put it all back together. Still nothing. So I'm like, well, crap. So I've learned my lesson. My drink tonight is sitting on a cooler next to me, not <laughs> with all of my equipment. Nice. But, and so what I had to do, the reason I've been using that recorder was because my audacity on my laptop had been freezing and dropping bits of recording and just basically just generally not working well. So I had stopped using it. The audacity and, of audacity. Exactly. And so I had assumed that it was most likely because I've had this computer for a while and I've never done like complete wipe on it. I've never done a full re reset on it. And I have downloaded a ton of things uh, from various sources, some of ill repute and such. Um, you know, that, Back before I had all the streaming services, you know, a lot of my TV and movie watching came via, um, you know, I would watch, you know, before I, I started paying for HBO, I would download the Game of Thrones and things like that. And, you know, once the streaming services started to become easily available and affordable, it was kind of like, well, I don't need to pirate this because I can get it at a reasonable rate. Right. You know, when it was something that you have to have cable in order to get this and it's like, nah, I don't want cable because that's I'm paying for a whole bunch of stuff I'm not going to use. But now that you can get everything separate, it's like, okay, well, I'm paying. I have a ton of different streaming services, and yet I'm paying still half of what I used to pay just for cable before. So it's, it, it works out well, and I don't have to pirate anymore because I can find almost anything I need in some sort of legal fashion. Sometimes I have to, you know... I had to, we watched uh, Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2 the other day with my daughter and her friend. Yeah. And uh, Deadpool 1 isn't available on any of the streaming services that I that I have anymore. It was on HBO for a while. I think it might have even been on Netflix for a while. But it's not currently. So I rented it from Google for three bucks. You know, it's like, still. Ooh, like, Google only does $3 rentals? They do $3. I, I think it, I paid for because I was watching it on the big TV, so I paid for the HD but the yeah. SD, the SD rental. If I was watching it on my phone, I would have only paid the three bucks. Because so is that just because it was like an older movie, or is that for new releases too? Most of their new releases are around that price too. Sometimes Ooh, it's like badass. That's like five bucks. That's like a dollar, dollar twenty-five savings for from other services. That's pretty cool. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, the rentals are pretty good, and it's like when you rent something from Google, you 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 pay for the rental, and then I think you have thirty days. To start watching it. Jesus, that's great. And then, but once you start it, I think it's 48 hours before it goes away. That seems standard. You start it, you do only have that couple of days to actually watch it all the way through before it, it goes away. But, you know, if you're sitting down to watch a movie, you know, it's you rent it, you watch it, you're done. And you don't have right. to worry about returning it someplace. It's just automatic. Um so it's pretty cool that way. And if it's something that you think you're going to watch more than once, then you can you can pay the extra and just buy it so that you have it available all the time. This um, has been Renting Movies with Eric in the 90s. Back to our previous <laughs> scheduled show. Okay. Uh, so, yes, everyone watched Deadpool 2. What did everyone think of it? <laughs> you know, I, uh, 
gone really awry when it's Steve the one who's trying to get the show back on track. Well, I was going to apologize because I've been, like, using the microwave and stuff in the background, so I don't know if you can hear that. (laughs) Yeah, we can hear that, but all I'm going to say is, look, I just want to go back and play some more Spider-Man, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, I liked Deadpool too. You know, honestly, I think the first one was a, a tad bit better, but um, I, I think the reason why I enjoyed the first one more was the second one was like kind of, I don't know. It, yeah, to me, it felt like more of a relationship um, type movie rather than just like action. And, and, and It's odd that you say that because I heard a lot of people complain about the first one being too much of the of the relationship stuff. Huh, and, interesting. You know, too much of a, oh, they tried to make it a romantic comedy instead of a superhero movie comedy. And I'm like, well, I think you can have both. You can have a, a romance in the movie, such as it was, as well as it being an action film and a comedy, which I thought yeah. hit on all cylinders. I thought, uh, too, I would put it just about equal to the first one. I would I would say that if you're only going to watch one or the other, watch one. But yeah, that being said, I would definitely recommend watching two as well. And if you watch one, it makes two that much better. So it's kind of one Agreed. of those. I want to say one is you know drastically better than the other. I think they're both very very funny movies, and they play off of each other very well as well like i love some of the references back to the first one from in, in the second one that was great yeah. and, um just just a, a really well done movie i thought i thought it was was really fantastic and i love um you know even though you knew it was going to be coming you know you have in the first movie you did have the surprise of what deadpool was you know if you didn't know the character already and you're you know if you only had a kind of a rough knowledge of what the character was and had only seen like Wolverine origins or something like that, you might've been really shocked, but anybody who had ever read any of the good Deadpool comics was like, they finally did it. They finally got Deadpool on screen. Like for real, (laughs) like they did it (laughs) like, holy crap. Um, and then of course the second one comes along and it's the same. You, you, you know, you're, you know what you're expecting at that point. So it's not the, the, the shock value isn't there. Yeah, but he definitely did up the ante on the uh, violence and the gore factor, though. <laughs> the scene where he's uh, taking the hands out of the guns of the criminals, for example, that was absolutely fantastic. Or, the, or, or that huge brutal. battle, just when he's all like, "And this guy over here, we're gonna, I'm gonna fucking murder his face." And, Oh, that guy's on fire. <laughs> Holy that's shit. That's not CGI. That guy is really on, on fire. fire. And he's got like the chainsaw and everything like that. So it was just like, I, I, I do enjoy them both. It's of course you can't have like, you know, the second one without the first one. But I thought like, it's, it's nice to know that like they both hit on like the same kind of, uh, area where it's not like oh de- like clearly you can always say like you know x-men 2 is clearly better than x-men 1 a lot of people say uh you know spider-man 2 is a lot better than spider-man 1 who says wait, what wait let's let's take let's step this back a second who is out there claiming that x2 is better than x1 because i need to i need addresses and names because i need to go i need to to go on a slapping tour why it's just patently wrong how's that patently x1 wrong was of the X movies, um, X2 was good. X3 was garbage, but X2 was good, but it was not better 
than the first one. That first one set the tone. X3 was on yesterday. Oh, God. We watched, we watched it for a little bit, and then we changed the channel. But. <laughs> yeah, as, as, as one does when X3 comes on. <laughs> um, oh man, that, oh, man that I did it. I did enjoy the uh, the X Men cameo in, in Deadpool two though. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, that was great. great. I was complaining about it. how come nobody else is here? Why you think the studio would throw us a bone and then they've got like <laughs> the entire ensemble of David yeah. as like just behind a door and they just close the door. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, they did like a lot of great references in that with like all the little, and then all the cameos that were in it too. You had like you know uh, the invisible guy. Once you finally see him, you're like, oh it's shit, it's Brad Pitt. Um, that was so amazing. Uh, you had also Matt Damon and uh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, yeah. You point that one out to me. I noticed like when when we went back, I was like, okay, I definitely see Alan Tudyk right away, but. You know Matt Damon with that with that makeup and everything and the the <laughs> gut and everything. You're like you don't you don't see it unless you know. And then once you know, you can't unsee it. And you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it is a little sad that because of his health, Stanley wasn't able to make a physical cameo in the movie. They do uh, you know work him in. There is a Stanley cameo of sorts in the film. But uh, Stanley's cameo in the nothing's going to top Stanley as a strip club DJ. No Marvel <laughs> yeah. is going to top that Stanley cameo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and then also like the again they gotta they get a chance to uh, play with like the another like X Men character and they get the Juggernaut and you're like oh you guys did him correctly like you did it with Colossus it's like why don't you guys keep giving Deadpool more of these characters because they obviously know how to use them. Yeah, whoever's doing the writing on these, and I noticed um, I noticed when they were running the credits that Ryan Reynolds actually had a writing credit on that. I don't know if that was just due to um, enough ad-lib lines to gain him a writing credit, or if he actually had, like, like he was sitting down in the writer's room with them saying, like, and, and doing writing with them. I have no idea. I haven't looked into that to find out what the the deal with that is, but he did have a writing credit on the film. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that um, when the credits were going, some of that, and also like the what they did with the credits too. So we're, <coughs> everyone's all like, "Was this like a cheap? Uh, was this a joke, or was this like a cheap like way of like fixing quote unquote like his timeline?" And then they can pretty much do whatever they want for the third one, you know. Um, which, yeah, that was oh that that was just amazing when they're like. Here you go. We fixed it. We handed it to him, and then they're like, "The the what? <laughs> was it Fukio? Fukio? I, I don't remember her name." She's like, "Was okay. that a good idea?" <laughs> and then the uh, okay, like, <laughs> Negasonic Teenage Warhead's like, "What have we done?" <laughs> yeah, what have we done? And like, <laughs> he goes back. He's all like, "I'm gonna fix so much stuff," and it's like he kills himself for uh, the role of uh, Green Lantern. It was, uh, oh, yeah. So, so first, I mean, spoiler alert. I'll yeah. put it in the show notes that this is a spoiler-filled episode for anybody. Uh, before they tune in, they'll know we're going to spoil the hell out of this movie. Um, but, yeah, so in the beginning of the movie, they kill Vanessa, which is not cool because Marina Bakarakasarakarakin is just stupid hot and should never be killed in anything ever. But... Then he goes back and fixes that once he has the the time slider, whatever. Um, 
so that's the first thing like he fixes and you're like okay cool yeah he's, he's gonna fix that obviously he's got a time machine he's gonna go back and save her life of course and then he goes back and he jumps into the wolverine origins movie yeah <laughs> that was the best thing ever <laughs> can't even think about it and not just bust up you have you have logan standing there oh i guess striker finally found a way to shut you up and then he just like boom shoots him right in the head and he peeks around the corner hey hey it's just me just sorry just, just cleaning out the timelines <laughs> shoots the body like five more times and then walks away i thought that was see obviously i'm not so like let me regain my thoughts obviously i don't know all the timelines and stuff like you guys do so me i was just entertained by the fuck that with that i was like wait i know this movie and i you know <laughs> the fact that he was just like shooting the guy too i thought was just kind of funny but I love how they make references to his other movies and like the use of the fourth wall breaking in the movies so far. The, these two has been perfect. It hasn't been overdone. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't been underdone. Like they've done it just enough times, you know, just enough times where they've where they've looked at the camera or said something that is obviously out of universe. You know, like in the first one when he when he's like, I'm taking you to see the professor. <laughs> what did it say? Stuart or McAvoy? Yeah. Like, your double yeah. timelines are so confusing. <laughs> you know, and then in this one they, they do a little bit of that too when he's talking about, you know, when when he goes back and it's like, okay, well, this other movie technically didn't happen in their their kind of ignoring Wolverine Origins in the official X-Men timeline. They're kind of like, yeah, that movie was so bad, we're going to pretend it didn't exist. And they're kind of going with that. And so he goes back and kind of takes care of that too. And the whole, you know, making fun of the Green Lantern thing, when he did that in the first one too, it's like, don't make my super suit green. Yeah. Or animated. Or animated. <laughs> but yeah, I just like when he looks at the... Uh... The script. He's like, "Welcome to the big leagues." He just gets shot in the back of the head. He's like, "You're welcome." <laughs> just so great. Oh man. Uh, so, do we think that there's going to be a third one? Oh, definitely. You think so? I, I think this one made enough money that they definitely I, would want to make a third one. I, I mean, I think they'll make a joke about it. I think they'll make a second. Uh, I mean, they'll make the third one. They'll make the joke going like, no, you just stop at three. Everyone knows you stop at three. If you ever go over three, then you know you're just overstaying your welcome, you know, like Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> but am I, am I wrong to think that I heard somewhere that you was not thinking about doing another one? Um, I don't, well, it depends because if the Fox stuff goes through, you know, with the Disney bio and stuff like that, this is all that kind of BS. We don't know what a lot of the, those characters, what's going to happen to them. So, uh, we don't know if they're going to try to keep Deadpool the way he is and just let it go be his thing. And then he does the other, the next movie, or he might just do, you know, the two and just be like, no, we're stopping at two because, uh, they don't want to have to deal with like more with the basically they're free reign right now and they don't want to have to deal with red tape again. Gotcha. So it could all just be because of that, or it could just be like, no, I played the character twice correctly and I'm done. <laughs> well, here's the thing that I think will make the decision for them, and I'm just pulling this up on IMDb right now. The budget okay. was estimated to be 110 million dollars for this movie. Okay. Opening weekend. In the U.S., it made 125.5 million. 
when you make your budget back opening weekend, yeah, you're probably getting a sequel. Uh, so far, as of the 23rd of September this year, it had grossed in the United States 318.5 thousand or 318.5 million, and worldwide, it's over 700 million. Uh, so yeah, so, they're doing good. We're probably going to see a Deadpool 3 uh, unless something major falls through with contracts or something like that because the money is definitely there. There's no, there's, there's no reason for them to be like, well, we took a chance on two and it didn't make a lot of money, but maybe we can do three. No, they made plenty of money. Yeah. Uh, so, and that, that honestly, that is like number one as to whether or not your movie gets a sequel. You don't make money, you don't get a sequel. You make a shit ton of money you get a sequel and usually pretty quick. Like I'm actually kind of surprised how long went between Deadpool one and Deadpool two. So I wonder if, well, they want to make it right. So, and then take your time with that. Like if you're going to take your time and get the characters, right. You know, absolutely loved Domino in this. I don't think we've touched on that yet. Oh yeah. Domino you- I thought was done very, very well. That's a character that could easily, I haven't read a ton of comics with uh, Domino in it, but the ones that I have, it seemed to match up perfectly. Um, I've read a couple of books that had Domino, I think, and uh, Bullseye in them. Mm. And those two play off each other so well. Like, I'd love to see them. If they do another Deadpool movie, I'd love to see them bring Bullseye in. Um, that, I think that would be cool. I don't know if that's something that they have access to or not. I feel like they should because they he's part of the, uh, technically he's part of the Daredevil uh group of characters but some yeah. too don't they so or do they not anymore did they sell all of that back either way you know what i just want to see bullseye on screen again because bullseye is an amazing i, I love the character bullseye and uh, whether they bring him in into the marvel mcu in the tv series for daredevil i'd be okay with that if they bring him into the movies via daredevil or for, via deadpool I'd be okay with that too. So, basically, just give me some, uh, give me some bullseye, and and I'll be happy. <laughs> as long as you do them right, like that was the one thing that that stupid, horrible, god awful Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck did. <laughs> the one thing they got right in that entire freaking movie was bullseye. Colin Farrell's bullseye in that movie was perfect. I was like, oh my gosh, the, the rest of this movie is garbage, but he was fantastic as Bullseye. Just nailed the character, I felt. It was, it was great. Um, let me ask you guys a question. So in Deadpool 2, do you think they introduced the Cable character well enough, or do you think they should have done it a bit differently? That's a tough one, because Cable is a character that honestly had never been... Besides, look, I always loved how Cable looked, but he was never one of my favorite characters. Like, yeah. I never really dug his character all that much. But in this movie, I dug the crap out of Cable. So, from my perspective, as somebody who didn't really dig the character all that much in the comics, like like I said, I loved his look. His look was fantastic. It's always been cool. But... As far as the movie goes, I thought it was perfect. Yes, it probably could have used a little bit more backstory, but yeah, that's yeah, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, for, for I, people who yeah. are 
completely unfamiliar with the character, it might be just a little too much, a little too quick. But I think they did a fairly good job with the flashbacks and showing. And, you know, they, they have the opportunity since he's now in the same time frame as everybody else. Like, he's not, he doesn't even have his time device now. Right. <laughs> so they have the ability to bring him in to other movies. Um, and who knows? Maybe they could, they, they could make a cable standalone movie where we get to see, you know, some of his stuff in the future or something like that. It's possible. I don't know if it would be any good or not. I, th- I thought they used him very well, but that is coming from a standpoint of somebody who did know the character previously. What do you think, Steve? Um, yeah. Cause I, I only know cable about a little bit. Like um, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm not really sure, but it, uh, isn't he like supposed to be like Scott son at some like, future son or something like that. Like he's related to, I think Jean gray and like Scott at some point in a weird like time. Cy- Cyclops. Yeah. Like Cyclops. That oh. not a hundred percent sure of, but it is very possible. You know how these comic books love to make everybody related to everybody. Yeah. So yeah. that and it's really possible that, uh, <laughs> that they did make him related to somebody at some point. But, um, from what I know about the character, basically, like we said, he's from the future, whether or not I knew if his family like got murdered by somebody and that's why he traveled back in time. Usually it was because if something happened where like all the X-Men were dead and he needs to go back in time and fix the timeline before, whatever happens to his future happens. And then of course, when he does have his run-ins with like, you know, Deadpool, they're always humorous because he's very serious and he's just all like, where, where are we going? Are there going to be boobs? You know, especially with the Deadpool video game, they played off of that with, cause cable was in that as well. So, um, I think, I think, yeah, if you don't really know too much about the character, but to me, I was just like time travel, he'll come back. They'll probably give him a reason to be back, you know, or like to fight or whatnot. And of course, then like they kind of sit in the movie with, uh, He's all like, it's de- they keep it down in the basement next to a huge fucking ton of foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. And I also love when he's drawing up the plans for the, uh, and if we do everything right, there'll be no need for an act three. Yeah. <laughs> so you know nothing's going right. Um, just a quick side note on Cable. Now, it's even more convoluted than you think as far as his oh, wow. identity. Um, this is on Wikipedia. It says, Cable, whose real name is Nathan Summers. Nathan Summers is the biological son of the X-Men member Cyclops and Madeline Pryor, who is Jean Grey's clone. Oh. <laughs> oh. Making him the My bad. Rachel Summers and Nate Grey, and he is the genetic template for Strife. What? <laughs> He was he he is from a possible future timeline, having been transported as an infant to the future, where he grew into a warrior before returning to the present. So that's so yes, he is uh, a gray slash uh, Summers, but it's even more convoluted than you could possibly imagine. Damn, <laughs> uh, but he is a creation of um, he was actually. Uh, Originally created by um, um, Louise Simonson and Abel Liefeld. So it makes sense for him to be in the Deadpool universe. Yes. But yeah, so now I don't know if we want to see that in a movie where it's <laughs> this weird be- template for his birth. I was like, now I got to go back in time. <laughs> ah! Hey, if they. Uh, I want to see myself coming out of the birth now. Don't be nuts. <laughs> I, I got some of that future weed. It's going to be great. 
<laughs> if my eye looks like it did back then, it's going to be legit. Yeah, except both of them will be matching. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and probably have you know, like both arms would be human, and you know, like you wouldn't have all that cyborg stuff, and oh, that would be boring. Who, who who wants somebody without a robotic arm? Nobody. <laughs> I, love, I love how they like tease on other movies too in that film. <laughs> like, okay, Thanos, just calm down. Yeah. Like, at what point do we as an audience just say, enough with the robotic arms? <laughs> you know what? I, I definitely think it's going to be one of those where I, I need to go back and watch it again to like pick up on even more. Kind of like, obviously, like the first one, but, but um, yeah. <laughs> just talking about it right now, like, you mentioning those, like, few scenes that, like, instant back up and you yeah. just can't help but laugh. Oh, I... Oh. When Deadpool gets a hold of, I love the fact. Did, did anybody else catch this? That the, uh, the cable has, the dial goes to eleven. Oh yeah, I loved. That. I'm like, ooh, this one goes to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Was like, ooh, that's got some kick. <laughs> I love this gun. So is dubstep still a thing, or? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love tough stuff, and they just start fighting. It's just like bam, 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 bam. <laughs> oh man, that's good. The the collar falls off, and he just like he's he's sit, he's laying in that unnaturally broken position with his back just like completely bent the wrong way, and then just sits up, like, ooh, hello, superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just yeah, absolutely fantastic movie, start to finish. I mean, it, I mean, it just starts out fantastically. You just see, you know, him wandering around the apartment, mask half on, smoking a cigarette. And you just see him doing, he's turning up the gas on all the stove. He's opening up all the the stove, like the oven, to let all the gas in. You see him like tossing toaster strudels around, and you're like, well, what's going on here? And then you see yeah. him down on this these giant barrels of like gasoline or jet fuel or something and just blow himself to bits and the first the first lines are fuck wolverine fuck wolverine (laughs) first he writes on my coattail with the r rating and then fucker goes ahead and up the first he writes my coattails with the r rating and then he ups the ante by dying well guess what wolvie i die too in this one that's great so you got you're probably Music wondering box. how I got to here. <laughs> yeah. I love how you just do it all like that. Yeah, I, I like how they do that. Like, both movies have done that a little bit, where they, like, you know, go ahead, and then they go back a little bit to, to bring you up to that point, and then go forward from there, instead of, you know, sometimes when they when they do that in movies, it can be overused. Like, you'll have where, you know, they'll have the, the very end at the very beginning, and then the entire movie is them getting to that point. Um, and they don't do that with either of these movies. They they kind of bring it to like, like the third, like a third of the way through. Like we're going to start the movie a third of the way through, then show you how they got there, then give you two more acts. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that style. It, I think it works it, out it, well for that type of storytelling that they're doing with Deadpool. And that's the thing with Deadpool; it's not just funny. It's also a great action film. Lots of fun action scenes, great fight scenes. Great graphics, great effects, great choreography for for everything, and it actually has a decent story behind it. Not the best story ever, you know. It's not like the great American novel in movie form or anything like that, but 
it's got a good solid story behind it so that you're not you know you're not left looking at afterwards going okay i had a few laughs but they didn't tell me a story that's not the case on either of the deadpool movies both move a good story as making you laugh hysterically the entire time and giving you great action sequences and you know they've just they're they're just both fantastic movies i, I love them so everyone wants to get it uh, uh so we all agree you want to marry them together I do want to marry them, both of them. It'll be a plural marriage. Uh, me and both of the Deadpools. Um, I might invite Iron Man, you know. I, think. <laughs> I mean, if I was going to invite anybody from the Marvel Universe, I mean, you'd think Tony would probably be pretty good in bed. He's got a lot of practice. And anything he couldn't do himself, he built a robot to, to do, so, you know. What about Thor when he cuts his hair? Oh... You know, I am in the minority, I think it seems, who dug the long hair on Thor. Now, don't get me wrong, I think Chris Hemsworth himself looks better with short hair. Chris Hemsworth is a damn good-looking man. I'm not afraid to admit it. He's a damn good-looking man, and I think he looks better with short hair than long hair. But I liked Thor with long hair better. But Well, that's, well, that's Thor. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. But... I don't, you know, it was still, it was still awesome. Like the, the reason that he cut his hair, the reason that it happened, you know, in order to kind of cast off, basically it was kind of, you know, Ragnarok was kind of like a big, okay, we Ragnarok. 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 And (laughs) doesn't really fit. And if we continue down this road, nobody's going to watch Thor movies. So here's what we're going to give you instead. We're going to, we're going to follow the guardians model and give you a fun movie and kind of flip everything on its head. And I like that, you know, take, yeah, I liked it too. take away his hair, you know, put him in a completely different situation and make it funny. So I, I really enjoyed Ragnarok because of that. But as far as the haircut goes, I was a little disappointed. Although that was another great Stanley cameo. What, uh, who would you pick Steve? Uh, for wait, what, for to have a sex with or what? Foursome. For my foursome, for fictional force between you, uh, all dead one other Marvel. Of, okay, so we're doing all... somehow a road. We no, no, no. You're good. I wanted to make sure I'm on track here. So, oh, it, out of the Marvel universe, including um, X Men and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, let's see. We're going with foursomes. Is it four? So you would have sex with two of the Deadpool's. Or we're just talking about movies. I, I wasn't talking specifically. I was talking about a plural marriage between myself and these. Yeah, two but then you characters. got, but then you got into like Tony Stark coming over and like boning you. So then it's like, okay, so like, are the <laughs> dead are, are the Deadpool's just there for like the marriage portion, and they don't get any of the action? Then you literally have your own sex robot, you know? Well, it depends. Does he bring Vanessa along? Because again, I would um, do things to Marina Becker, Sarakarakarakan, that are uh, illegal in many states. Uh, well, that's okay. First off, that's terrible. You should never, <laughs> you should never say stuff like that because you should just do the stuff that you can do. Don't because it just then you go down a weird path. We're not going down that path. Um, <laughs> I, I said many, not all. Yeah, but still, okay. If you're saying if you say many, but not all, okay. Many is more than a few. Yes, but it's, I didn't that's say the still, majority. That's still bad, Eric. Eric, that's bad. 
Number with under twenty. Um, so yeah, um, I'm trying to think now. For, so uh, I guess I'm marrying two, and then I'm having a sex robot. I forget the question anymore. But uh, <laughs> I think it all came about because I said I loved both movies, and I want to have their babies, and that's fine. And then somehow we decided to bring somebody else into the equation because uh, no, marrying <laughs> two movies and having their babies, this, not the characters, the movies the themselves, this the actual is- films. <laughs> Eric, this is the thing, though. No one else said anything. You were the one that was like, I'm going to marry these two movies, and then Iron Man can come in and have sex with me. And Matthew and I were just sitting there going, okay, where's this going? You created the world yourself, my friend. I think I was, because I was talking about plural marriages. Yes, I know. You know, you you don't just stop at three when you have a plural marriage. You just just keep piling on. You just keep adding them. So... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So have you just seen this Captain Marvel trailer? Yes. That's that's actually a good note because we can all talk about that. Yeah. So what is everyone thinking? Um, I asked it. All right. Everybody's seen it. Moving on. No. um, (laughs) So, so again, I, I, again, I'll, I will say that I'm not as knowledgeable as the history with these characters. So me seeing it, I'm like Brie Larson. She looks good. Hell yeah. I'm down. I mean, I know of Captain Marvel, but I don't know like her whole existence and everything like that. But I'm insanely intrigued. I really enjoyed the trailer. And Matthew, uh, there's nothing wrong with that because I guarantee there's about 99% of people who are claiming they know everything about this character, and they don't. So you're yeah. pretty much among friends. I, I was about to say raises my hand, except for the fact that I'm not claiming that I know anything about this character. I just don't know much about this character at all. Actually, yeah. Captain Marvel is uh, those characters that I knew existed. And basically, my only knowledge of her was that she was kind of like a female version of Superman for the Marvel Universe. And that was all I kind of knew. And I didn't know in what ways she was like Superman. And now, based on the trailer, it's like, oh, okay, so she's an alien that came to Earth and has, you know, special abilities. So that's why she's like Superman. As far as that goes, that's all I know about her. And yeah, actually, you know what? Just having that bit of knowledge, then you're good to go into the movie because I'm pretty sure they're going to explain and give her because I don't even know what her origin story is anymore because it's changed so many times. I mean, technically, Miss uh, when yeah, when she was Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel, technically she was actually killed in the old, old, old X-Men comics with by Rogue. And that's how Rogue actually learned how to fly and got super strong. And then for whatever weird reason, they brought her back like with a clone or she didn't die or who knows what or anything like that. But it looks like the story has evolved completely now because it looks like uh, I know Captain Marvel deals with space. And then instead of shield, they're like called sword up there. And I forget what that's like the acronym for. But but yeah, she's basically Superman and probably a lot better version because let's face it, I don't like Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know very much about that. Um, you know, it's like I said, I knew it was essentially a a Superman-ish type person with with those type of powers as far as super strength, flight, that sort of thing, and that uh, it may or may not be an alien. Um, <clears throat> I guess there's been some different Captain Marvels throughout the history of the comics as well. Yes. As far as whether, you know, like the, it, it, it's, it's actually Marvel is the name 
uh, for one of them, but I think that one was the the Dune one. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it gets even more confusing because there was a Captain Marvel who's a dude, but his name isn't actually Marvel. It's Marvel, and that's just where they went with it. And then they had Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. who was. I it, it gets it gets so confusing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So just go with female superhero uh, that's like Superman, but in the Marvel Universe. There we go. And that's it. That's the thing is you don't really need to know much more than that. In fact, actually, I think the trailer tells you a lot of the backstory just in that. And I I think that's okay because how many people who watched, you know, there are very few people who even knew who any of the Guardians of the Galaxy were before that first movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think, personally, I had heard of Star-Lord once, maybe. And I, I believe I recall hearing that, oh, you should check this comic out. It's got this, like, talking raccoon in it. And that's all it was. Uh, and, and then I was like, yeah, it's okay. I got some other books to read. And, and I never knew anything about any of those characters. But they made a fantastic movie using those characters anyway. So I have faith that they'll be able to do that with Captain Marvel as well. Well, let's be honest. It is Marvel. The trailer They haven't looks screwed awesome. up yet. Yeah, the trailer looks um, really good. Yeah, it takes us back to the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it takes us back to the 90s, which it tells us right off the bat. We know we're in the 90s because it shows a an open blockbuster video. <laughs> so we know what time frame we're in. And then we meet... Uh, <laughs> Sam Jackson shows up, of course, and... No eye patch. So I'm wondering, are we going to see him actually uh, lose the eye in this? Is that Are we going to get the backstory of that? I'm curious if they're going to do a bunch of teases to it. You know, like something will happen and be like, oh, my God. Oh, no, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. Just something random and he's just like, and then at the oh, end, got something in my eye. And then at the end. Oh, no. It's, oh, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's And, and then at the, <laughs> the, the Marvel ending credits will be him going law like, hey, does anybody want some sriracha? And then like, oh, my eye. And then it just ends. No? That didn't hit? Okay. You cut out there for, oh. for a second on my side. I was like, uh, I don't know how to respond because I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, I was saying like it'll be the ending credits to the Marvel scene. <laughs> Try again. I said, said. It, uh, I was saying it was going to be the ending credits to the Marvel scene. And he'd be all like, hey, does anybody want some sriracha? And then you'll just hear like, ow, my eye. And then it just ends. Damn. Not funny the second time. Cool. <laughs> you were still cutting out. I'm yeah. Like every other cutting. word of that. All right. Well. It's cutting in and out for sure. Uh, I was like, oh, man. This, uh, Skype really does not want you to tell this joke, evidently. Um, well, the recording, just, I'll yeah. say this. The recording's on my yeah. end, so no problem. So the joke will hit twice. Um, I can guarantee that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, looks looks good. Um, that's all I got for Miss Marvel. Yeah, it does it does look pretty cool. Um, I'm digging what I'm seeing in the trailer. I'm curious as to what the color change of the outfit is about. Because we see in the trailer, we see her with the green suit that everybody was, you know, or the, the production stills of, and people are like, why is she wearing a green suit? She never, as far as I know, had any kind of green suit in the comics. But then you do see later in the trailer, she's in the traditional red and blue suit. So yeah. I yeah. something where they're like, 
you know, like, oh, you're fighting on the, you're on the Americans team now, so we're going to give you some different colors to wear, and they, like, change your costume or what they do, but at some point. Or maybe, like, Nick Fury gives it to her or something. Yeah, he's he's like, uh, here, no, nobody likes green. Here, have this instead. Every, everybody loves, everybody loves blue and red and gold. Everybody loves that. Here, have this. Um, <clears throat> so maybe that's it. I don't know, but maybe we'll maybe we'll find out something about that that green suit. And I think it's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I like the fact that we're seeing this come out right after, obviously, the teaser at the end of Infinity War. Yeah, is is uh, Nick Fury texting uh, Captain Marvel to uh, as if you know? Okay, well, there's one person left who might be able to help us. Yeah, and now we're going to see her origin story. And I assume the teaser is going to be something about her receive. I, I'm assuming the teaser, at least one of the post-credit scenes, is going to be her receiving the text message, yeah, from you know, and realizing that something's going on. She needs to to get back to Earth or whatever. So we will we will have to see about that. I don't know. I'm excited for it. I, I want to see some more backstory on it. It's a character I don't know much about, and so I'm hoping they do a good backstory on her. And, you know, I've trusted the Marvel Universe so far. The MCU has not let me down in many times. You know? Well, how many movies are we in now? 20? Is it 19 or 20? Uh, oh, after oh, actually, I, I still haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, so... Oh, yeah, I haven't either. Right, you know, oh. Good good move. Well, that comes out, actually, is it October? Is it getting released in October or November? Ant Man the Wasp on Netflix. I would assume. I would assume October. Yeah, I think it's October. Is it already on digital? Maybe I'll head no, over to Family Video. Not yet. Yeah, it did get released. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe it comes out at the end of September, video wise, and then it comes out on streaming in October. Then maybe I'll, maybe I'll head on. I'm down to the Family Video and see if I can't get me a digital download code for that one here when it when it drops on DVD. There you go. Yeah. Um, because I definitely, I wanted, that was what I wanted to see. Unfortunately, just with budget and time issues here, I, the only movies I got to see in the theater this summer at all were, I, we, we saw Infinity War and we saw The Incredibles 2. Those were the only movies we saw in the theater. Everything else has been put on hold. I didn't get to see Deadpool 2 in the theater. I didn't get to see Solo. didn't get to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. Still haven't seen Solo or Ant-Man and the Wasp yet. Solo, I'm, when, it hit, when it hits Netflix or whatever, then I'll watch it because I just kind of want to see it, but I'm not. I think I think it's worth. I definitely think it's worth seeing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's like most people are like, if you like the Star Wars universe, watch it. If you're expecting it to be another Star Wars episode, then don't. I want a little bit more backstory, and that's fine. And I'm okay with them playing around with the backstory as long as they tell me a good story and do it in a visually appealing way. I'm happy. Yeah, as you yawn. <laughs> yeah, he's well, like, it is late out here. It is uh, past midnight out here. Actually, yeah, uh, I was about to say, we might have to just put the Iron Fist on another episode. We could probably wrap this up pretty soon. <laughs> since, since I spent 20 minutes talking about uh, being laid off and all sorts of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with comics, um, yeah, we could we could definitely schedule another time to talk about Iron Fist. <laughs> Although I did watch it again. I watched the entire season again this weekend. Uh, Jesus. Error. So, I haven't uh, seen it. Well, it's at work. So, oh. 
I, I was, you know, watching, quote unquote, I was really listening to, but I did watch it the first time through on, you know, on TV, like actually paying attention. And if we're not going to get into it this episode, I will just say this um, as a teaser for our next episode, because the next episode is going to be a spoiler filled episode for Iron Fist season two. Yes. If you've been putting off watching it because you didn't like season one, knock that crap off right now. Yeah. Netflix watch season two it's worth yeah it's it is so 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 much better than the first season and season 1.5 which is kind of what i think of the defenders as it was kind of season one and a half of of iron fist yeah season two is so much better yeah season two is very redeeming and it starts pointing things in different directions and now you're just kind of interested like okay and of course then we get uh, Daredevil season three is going to be starting up in October, and I was like, that came faster than I thought it was. Yeah, so, I didn't realize it's coming so soon. That's yeah, that actually drops on my daughter's birthday. As a matter of fact, on so the nineteenth. So, that's going to yeah, be like, too. So I will just say yeah. So join us uh, next time when we will talk about definitely about Iron Man uh, season two. We'll definitely knock that one out of the park. I want to thank Matthew for coming on and chiming in on his Deadpool two watching. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and also, if you want to learn about Matthew's new cooking show, is uh, microwave noises in the background. We'll uh, give you the link. <laughs> Could you really hear it? No. Yeah, I, I heard it. It was great. My, I love uh, it. Mypopcorn.com for more information. <laughs> but definitely better. I, I ate pizza rolls tonight. <laughs> nice. Oh, I missed that kind of shit. Bachelor, bachelor night. Hey, what, what, what kind? Pepperoni? Triple meat? Spring? Pepperoni. Pepperoni, just straight up pepperoni. Straight up pepperoni. All right, not bad, not bad. I, I always go for the triple meat. I like the sausage, but but you know can't go wrong with pepperoni either. No, you can't. I don't do oh, it. Yeah. Oh, I gotta heat them up in the oven. I don't like. That. Yeah, you know that's what I was gonna do, but then I was like time crunch, so I was yeah, like fuck it, going microwave. In like here, I can turn the oven on. I mean, it was like sixty degrees today and raining. Oh yeah, I so it would uh, no heat good. up the house. Yeah, you turn the oven on, it's like, oh, God, I'm going to die. So, <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of a difference there. But, uh, yeah. Well, thanks for letting me interrupt, guys. Hey, and, no, uh, anytime. We're glad to have you. Always glad to, to have you on any of our shows. <laughs> but, yeah, so I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the Long Box Cast. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, we have too many issues for a short box. But I think they're maybe racist Just because I'm human, they don't want my help It seems it doesn't really matter If your superpowers fire and shoot a melt I tried to join the Justice League But Batman was a douche to me And Black Canary wouldn't tell me hi And plastic magic to a middle finger That was 30 stories high I got a message from the grave This has been another fine production of the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www.4iradio.com.